0: to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the j J-10 initiative.
1: Any questions? Yeah, yes. uh, do we have a microphone for them? No, I'll say it last. Do you want to just come up? That's fine. You want to come, come on, up? Yeah, up? Yeah, come up. We have recording. You have a yeah. stand in front
0: of everyone. <laughs> <the> Welcome. <laughs> you get the Diva mic. <laughs> We're <laughs> recording it.
1: Okay. Great. What's deep? your name? <laughs>
2: That's the Diva mic.
0: You <laughs> your name, your favorite episode of your question. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't <has a>
1: look
3: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's my question. Give me an example
1: of a good, pure, smile. To give people so that they
2: you're flirting with them. Father Michael, I want
0: I'm sorry. An example from you. An example. Of your pure smile face yours. that you give to people. Well, well let sure. me. That's right there. <laughs> That was that you was missed the, it. that was the creepy don't touch it's my head spot. Like smile. pandas
1: mating in the wild. You can't <laughs> see it.
0: So well yeah, I mean it's it's what what I will say is if you want to see it, this is this is the only time it's been published, but I have a woman in my parish, God bless her, she was really quick sexually abused from before she can remember. So when she was so young, she can't remember. It's all she's ever known. She's been a prostitute, drug addict, gang member, cult member. Everything. She's been through everything in her life. And her first divine liturgy, there's a, a phrase where the priest turns around because the priest is facing the same direction as the people in the Byzantine liturgy. So he rarely looks at the people except when he's turning around for a blessing. But I turned around at one of her first divine liturgies, and, and the phrase is, let us love one another so that one mind we may profess the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So in other words, our profession of God as Trinity Our profession is God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that community, that love within the Trinity. We understand that through our love for each other. But the rubric says the priest turns around and looks at everybody as he says that, and it's an invitation to actual love. And so she wrote a book recently, a story recently of her life, and she put in there, um, that was the first time I ever saw a look of love from a man, was the look I gave during that liturgical and ritual action. And so it was It was really beautiful how much that struck her, but it obviously wasn't me. It was our Lord working in persona Christi through the priest at that moment in that ritual action of saying, to understand the Trinity, we have to love each other or it doesn't work. It's the same thing when we put in, the, the priest puts in hot water into the chalice um, before the people receive it. So when you taste the chalice, it's actually warm. And he says, the fervor of faith. Full of the Holy Spirit, so the fervor of faith, the hot water is the fervor, the life giving nature of our faith. So without our faith, we couldn't celebrate the Eucharist. And so these 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 very ritual actions, I think, are that's what she saw, and that's what she compared. I, I always think of that when I think, what what is that look when it's not just me giving the look, but it's you know I'm 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 trying to find Christ in you. You know, I think that's why when we have the um, as I mentioned earlier, the 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 road to Emmaus. And you have, they they recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. And as soon as he consecrated the bread, he left. And so he remained there in the Holy Eucharist. But you need to look intently to find him in the Eucharist. It's not obvious. It just looks like bread. You have to have the eyes of faith. And faith is a gift from God. So when you look at the Eucharist, you have to have the eyes of faith to see Christ there, and you have to see have the eyes of faith to see Christ in the community. You need to have the eyes of faith to see Christ in the homeless person. And so, in, if, if it's just us looking, we can't purify our hearts or minds well enough to have that that look that can actually bring people to Christ. But if we if if it's happening liturgically, which is beautiful, like it happened with me, but then if it also we we let that overflow into our into our interactions, um, and I, I think I think. That's what it is. We have to put effort and we have to invest to have that pure look. It's not something that's going to come in the moment. We need to be living good Christian lives, live good sacramental lives, be tapped into the way Christ is affecting our life, and then, in a sense, every look will be that because we'll be immersed in in our unity with Christ. So every look, as long as not rejecting that, it'll it'll be Christ's gaze, Christ's look through us in those moments but obviously we can fight that we can disown that so in the example of being in Vegas where we would actually like force ourselves to have a pure look when we normally probably wouldn't yeah Does that help
1: maybe Smokey okay. Robinson uh, show me that smile maybe yeah. just you know <laughs> listen to that okay everybody here has absolutely no idea who Smokey Robinson is. <laughs> they're, they're way too young father you might have been conceived of that song, but, you know, you don't know. <laughs> Anywho, next you question. <laughs> yeah, you got, yeah. Are you nervous to come up to the microphone? Do you want me to take the microphone you away? You can yell if you want. Okay, just yell.
0: We'll repeat the question. Father
1: Mike Michael, get his microphone back.
0: He's gonna go get his microphone back. Here we go.
1: Awkward. <laughs> oh, he's coming up. Look at this guy. Do you break Mustangs?
4: <laughs>
3: he's back in
1: the corner. Ladies. Okay. What's your name?
3: My name is Jack Franceschi. Jack. So the question is how to overcome that feeling of mutual shame? Because recently, um, here at CSU, we have dining halls, and when you're on campus and you have an on campus dining hall plan, You have guest swipes. So recently, this last week, I made a sign that said, Junior in need of guest swipes. And I stood outside a dining hall holding this sign, and I thought it was funny. But as soon as I held it up and tried to make eye contact with someone, I felt that mutual shame from the other side. Mm. But I didn't know what to do with it other than smile and wait. So how would you say to overcome that feeling of mutual shame? Mm. That's for everybody.
0: My initial thought was, was sometimes we don't give them what they're expecting. So in other words, I, with a with homeless person, with someone who's begging, in other words, someone's begging on the street, and they're, they're looking for something very specific. You know, and, and sometimes you, to catch them off guard by not giving them exactly what they're looking for, um, but give them something else, usually something that's better. Um, we, uh, every year we go out on Mardi Gras, and we do homeless ministry on Mardi Gras. And I bring a lot of people who, who wouldn't normally do homeless ministry. And so we bring a bunch of Mardi Gras beads with us. And it, it, it ends the awkwardness because it's like we're giving out Mardi Gras beads It's Mardi Gras. In other words, Like if you want the socks and the food and the, the granola bars and the, the hard boiled eggs that we have, we can give you those too. But we're we're mainly just walking around giving people Mardi Gras beads, you know, and it it it, it kind of catches people off guard because they feel like on the other end of things, oh, you're just this Christian group that thinks you're saving the world by giving us socks, you know, that's this kind of you know, and, and we do that sometimes. We, we we're doing it more for ourselves than we are for them. But if we're just walking around saying we're trying to make the world a brighter place, this is Mardi Gras the day before Ash Wednesday, you know, that that's what we're doing. Um, so I I think if if there's a way of of in that moment, kind of surprising them by something, if it's just a a smile, a wave, or something. And then it's going to be awkward at first. It is, you know, it's going to be very awkward. I had a, a homeless couple I met downtown, and they ended up living in my garage for two months. One time, and, and it was so funny because my neighbors called the cops on me almost daily, and I would see the cops in the backyard, and I go, oh, "Here we go again." And they were worried about my next door neighbor who was ninety, and she would she loved this couple. They would come walk out and talk with her all day long, but they were so worried about her that they would call the police. And the the police would walk in there, and they'd see they had art on the walls in my garage. You know, they had a little microwave in there. It was like a little apartment, but it was just it that 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 relationship that I had with them started because it wasn't, the the woman asked me, will you give me money if I sing for you? It was like she wanted to sing like a gospel thing. It was kind of catching me off guard by the singing. And I just said, oh, you don't need to sing, but if you want food, you know, I'll, I'll buy you food. And she kind of brought her boyfriend out of the shadows at that point. And we went and got food and we chatted for like the whole evening. It was like, it was just so un, oh, here's here's two bucks. You know, there, there's always, I want to give you more than just the money I'm going to give you. But I, I, think, I think if you have the experience, what, what did you say? You said it, of like Start on campus. Start, start in the church, excuse me. Start in the church. Start smiling at people that are gathered here that you're walking out of mass with, and then you'll get used to it. You'll get all your awkwardness out with people that love you, you know, and, and then you can move on to the people you don't know.
2: And I just say, with the, with, I'm, I'm proud of you for doing what you did, and I, I like that you had that experience because I, I think sympathizing with people in our own poverty or in an awkward situation. Mm-hmm is very important for um, understanding people and in developing, kind of crossing that bridge from I have no idea who you are. I don't know why you're there. I don't know why you're sitting there. I don't know why you are reaching out your hand or why you have a cardboard sign, you know, and saying, well, like, I, I don't know. People get in need and I, I've kind of, f- even if in, in this kind of way that you set up, I've felt some of that. I've felt some of like the effect. So from the other side, how do you break through that shame? I don't know. It doesn't always work. One, one thing that I think is a, a kind of a best practice is introduce yourself. Names are dignifying. Say, I'm, I'm Mike. I'm Father Mike. Um, it's nice to meet you. I'd like to meet you. I don't have anything for you. I don't know. I don't have any swipes today. You know, I don't, I'm not even a student at this school. <laughs> I'm not even a good cook. I couldn't cook you any food. But uh, I, I want to know your name, and I want to know what you're doing because I'm kind of curious about that. You know, if you got the time to do it, just introduce yourself and say, I'm, you know, I'm a person. You're a person. I want to recognize that. And, um, and then we also have a question from the audience
3: whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. <laughs> um, whether or not it worked. Did you get any food?
3: I did. I had a good friend who came and saw me and introduced me to one of his friends who was an incoming student. And, and he swiped you in? Yep. Sweet. And how many, how many extra are
2: swipes are out there? I'm kind of, like, hungry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just one, one thing. I mean, you acknowledged your need. That's the most important thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you didn't get, like, what you were looking for you actually said, I am insufficient. And everybody here goes through most of their day saying, I'm okay, and I'm adequate, and I'm better. And what you did was actually said, no, I'm, I'm needy. And that, that really like hurts. That hurts people because it's honest. It's like when somebody breaks down crying, and you feel awkward, but it's like there's something about that where it's like, I, I want to cry sometimes like, and I, I don't want to feel like I can't be myself or whatever. So you actually broke, I would say you broke the wall in between without you just saying like, oh yeah, I made so much, I made so much, you know, so many swipes. The pull point wasn't like, I need more. It's like, I need what I need today. And that's enough. And you won't be there I mean, do you go out there every week, right? So then somebody else is going to see you again and be like, dang it, that's that guy that I didn't, that I didn't actually help, you know, and it'll convict them. And then hopefully it begins like something else. So what I would, what I would commend you for is overcoming the shame because the way, the way in which you deal with shame is you actually say, no, it's not that I'm enough. It's that I'm not enough. And there's actually others that can aid me in that. Friendship is fostered because you acknowledge a need. Like, I want more people in my life. Love is an acknowledgement of a need, like husbands and wives. Um, yeah, Jesus acknowledges our need. So you going to tell them about the love jug? What? <laughs> All right, so Father Come Mike on, what about Father Mike time? had this thing called the love jug, okay? <laughs> not love jug love jug it
2: was the free love jug
1: free love jug <laughs> and it was just was it hot chocolate or coffee Both. so you would you walk around why don't you just tell him about it all
2: right you're well, sh- you're ashamed no, that I'm was ashamed. a great question does
1: that solvent does that help i think so Thank okay you. yeah thanks jack
2: because so i don't i don't know i don't like to talk free up stuff jug. free love jug anyway free love no jug. okay so we <laughs> we we were trying to be uh, let's see okay so Jesus says, if if you want to be holy, you got to be more poor, chaste, and obedient, right? The evangelical councils, um, he's given us advice about holiness. And so my little group of seminarians, we were starting this little club called the Companions of Christ. And we were tr- talking to each other about what is poor, chaste, and obedient. And one of the things about poverty, I was asking around, I kind of out of my own experience, I, I know that I've... I've learned about poverty by serving poor people and being around poor people. So I like to be around poor people. But not everybody does. So I was kind of like, how do we break this thing about like the discomfort about being around poor people? So I took some of my friends and I said, let's, um, let's just take jugs of hot chocolate and coffee, walk the streets on a cold night, find find homeless people, and then give them coffee and hot chocolate. Because nobody says no to, you know... Hot chocolate or chocolate of any sort, really, no the two great beans <laughs> in hot form <laughs> uh, so yeah we we walked around and it was it was cool, it was just like we met a lot of people, and they took the hot chocolate and we had good conversations and um, and then uh, the guys were telling Archbishop Shapu about it, and he said i don't like the name Free Love Jug. <laughs> it's confusing and strange. <laughs> that's why I don't tell that story. But you try. You try but that's somewhere. the thing. I don't know. I, it's just like get creative in my mind. It's like right. try to meet people. Um, try to love people. <laughs> There's something I, that I don't understand about homelessness that is like people are living in a great despair, disconnected from a lot of people, and in a very hard place. And I don't know how to love them very well but i want to try with a, a lot of different kind of creative modes and i don't know i just have a heart for that so that was one idea father michael here is like the master in denver and um, so i don't know that's that's one way get your free love jug and go out on the streets i had this idea if if you give 100 if if you give 100 cups of free love jug coffee or hot chocolate I'll give you a t-shirt. So let me know if you do it. I don't know if anybody's taken up this offer. There's no nodding.
0: <laughs> honor, 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 honor system. I actually thought of something really practical too. I might be horribly off by this, but what about to experience that jacket to experience that, the feeling of what homeless must feel in that moment. What if you walked up to someone and said, can I hold your sign for you and give you a 20 minute break? Like you sit down, you just stay right here. So you can, I'm not taking your money. <laughs>
1: He did that, but I'm not a veteran.
0: <laughs> you, you just and I say don't like, want pot. You just you, you you point at the guy and be like, like "Hey, I'm I'm ta- I'm giving this guy a 20 minute break. Either he can go walk away <laughs> and do something else, or he Remember can. Remember when you did that, Mike? Mike did that,
1: and the dude was like, "Get away! I'm not going to get any money." And then he, then he's like, "All right, you can ha- you can do that, but you <laughs> you have to open up your you have to open up your shirt."
2: <laughs> did he say that? I was wearing a button-up Story shirt and he, stuff. he ripped it off. He just totally like ripped all the buttons off and everything. And he's like, "Okay, now don't you're ready. do this. Never now mind. <laughs> now you do look grunge." And then my spiritual director told me I'm not allowed to do homeless ministry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. That was all right, loose. Calvin. Pray about it. Talk to your spiritual director. All right. Oh yeah. Great. Uh, so you mentioned. What's your great. name? Uh, Calvin.
1: What, do you you. do anything around here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I run this sucker here. Just kidding. Kind of a big deal. Um, Thank you, Father Goebel. Great, thank you. Uh, So you mentioned briefly how Father Peter and Father Brady, they uh, walk around their campuses and take ownership of their campuses or um, their respective parishes. Um, I was hoping you guys might be able to expand on that a little bit more and just um, maybe how do you guys encourage the faithful in your parishes, um, the people you interact with, to take ownership of the environments that they're in um, for our Lord and for Christianity. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I went to the University of Illinois and uh, we had a we had a big Catholic crowd, like big Newman center and everything. And you had like certain uh, sort of rivalries about like um, who's going to be more uber Catholic. Um, So you'd have some people only wear, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm offending certain people who are here tonight, um, but you'd have some people who only wore religious t-shirts and they were, they would do that deliberately because they would try to say, like, I'm going to be a walking witness. And then you have other people wear, like, you know, larger crucifixes. You know, it's a class and everything. And, and that's fine. I mean, like, if it works for you, fine. I mean, I don't know. But uh, I think something as simple as saying grace at the table in a public dorm is going to really freak people out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, just making the sign of the cross in any place is automatically going to be like what you know um i actually had a friend of mine she walked into betcher auditorium it's a huge student hall and she walked all the way down to her seat and she uh got to her seat genuflected and then sat down <laughs> and, and she's like it was so ingrained in her but like everybody knew like there's that catholic girl so um anyways try something, try something so like so that. you could do that all right I would just not, I would just encourage you not to be ashamed of of who you are, and you're not a Catholic just on Sundays. Um, so I'll tell you a story. There was a there was a Monsignor at uh, University of Illinois who ran the Newman Center, and he would walk around to all the guys' dorms, uh, Monsignor Duncan, and um, he would uh, just start talking with the guys, whoever. And for a long time, it was just a guys' floor and a guys' dorm. And he walked into a certain guy's dorm, and there was a. Um, scantily clad picture of uh, a woman on there. And he just continued to talk with, with these guys. And then at the end of the conversation, he said, oh yeah, I'm just so excited you're here on the campus. And then he turned, he goes, oh, I am, I am so sorry. Someone must've left that here. And he pulled it down <laughs> and he said, I said, I, I'm, I'm so sorry you had to see that. And then he walked out, you know, so uh, there are just ways in which you can let people know like you don't live the same way. Um, and I'm not asking you to be a prude. I'm just asking you to be prudent uh, and not not live as as everybody else. So it's, it's tough. you are a public university, which means you're going to get all flavors, all flavors, literally uh, some mixed flavors, some out there flavors, whatever. <laughs> Um, but you are your own flavor, and it may be a flavor that they've never seen, they've never heard of, they've never, they've never, like, actually encountered. So, be Chubby Hubby, or whoever you are. Is that an ice cream? Um, that's one of my favorite ice creams, as you can
0: see.
2: I like the name, for sure. Uh,
0: and one thing, too, is, is you know, during Lent, we do prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and the almsgiving part is like, you know, do I give more to the church? Do I give more to the charities? Um, I taught, one of my spiritual directees this year discerned that they wanted to just say, I'm not gonna decide to do anything for almsgiving. All I'm gonna do is wake up every morning and say, Lord, will you put something in my life today that I can deal with as alms giving, whether it's time, talent, treasure, whatever it is. You know, I I'm going I want to give myself in some way today, and then was just open to it all day long. And he said it was it was greater than any other year because it was like this really boring person from work wanted to talk, and I actually spent time with them, even though they're so boring. You know, they, they were just yeah. always on the lookout for opportunities to do something because they hadn't decided on one thing. So, you know, in a sense, you can wake up in the morning and say, you know, w- what I, I want to be open to this today, and I'm going to wait, you know, eagerly for what our Lord is going to put in my path, mm-hmm. you know, and then just wait and see. Plus, I like, go to mass. Like, yeah. that's literally one of the more radical things you
1: can do on campus. And, um, and your friends will be like, hey, we're going to do this tomorrow at such and such time. It's like, oh, man, I can't. I'm going to mass. Um, and then they're like, well, well, what? Like, you don't have to. And it's like, no, I'm going to. Yeah, you can come. You know, we also have one in the evening or we can do it, you know, at this time. But just acknowledging this is part of who I am, that's good.
2: Question. And I've been in seminary since I was a kid. <laughs> I don't really know about college life <laughs> or about college ministry. College seminary. Next. <laughs> Next.
5: So I guess my. Uh, What's your name, man? Uh, my name is Devon. Um, is it Devon? Some might say. Cool.
4: Devin
5: did you Fantastic. I know, but
1: they may not know who Devon is.
5: Uh, so a lot of us here are students. A lot of us are not, but a lot of us are students. Um, and I think most of the students involved with Ram Catholic would consider themselves to be on mission in the sense of um, attempting to evangelize, share the gospel, lead Bible studies, uh, things like that. Um, so you guys spoke at length about um, acts of love, and I think that that's something that, like, we strive for. But then the the question I want to ask is um, how to be persistent with that. And I mean that specifically in the sense that I know a lot of us might lead a Bible study on Tuesday night and hear an individual explain that like, I don't know, they're in a different spot and maybe they want to actually like give faith a try. And like, these are the things they're going to do with their week. And then you see them on Thursday or Friday in like a Snapchat and they're just like hammered, you know, and that can just be like really frustrating um, to feel like you're trying to like pour yourself out and just like not really seeing the fruit of that labor. Um, And I I know that can be like difficult for people. So yeah, there's a question in there somewhere. I just, don't know where so kind of mm-hmm. take that uh, run with it yeah
0: I think one of the gifts greatest gifts God gives us is the gift of time I mean he created time and, and and college is for young people they have a lot of their life still ahead of them and when you're interacting with college kids you are at a time when of course they're probably the most radical in their life, where things are changing so immensely, but I think it's important for us to remember, like, all we're doing is planting seeds, like, that's what we're doing, they have 50 to 60 more years of the Holy Spirit working in their life, And so when when people are young, we're just trying to plant these seeds that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to work with. And when you're doing college ministry, it it really, in a sense, is is a very very thankless job because you you don't often see the fruits of the labors. But but that one little thing that you plant in someone's heart, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is going to take that and just work with it, work with it, work with it. My mother has a story about a girl she knew in high school that would mock her for her Catholicism. Every day, just mock her, mock her, mock her, mock her. And she ran into this woman like 20 years later in a supermarket. And the woman came up and had a cross around her neck. And she's like, I had no idea how to get in touch with you. I wanted to invite you to my my RCA and my my, um, baptism and and Eucharist and stuff. But she says, I became Catholic two years ago. And it was because of the things like your witness to my mocking when we were in high school. I was like, oh, it blew my mind, like to think that, that some small witness years and years later we might not even know about. And that's a story that just makes that so vivid. So, you know, the, the, the little acts of love, in a sense, we have to say, we surrender our Lord, like, Lord, I surrender any need to see the fruit of this. Yeah. What a beautiful prayer that can be. I surrender the need to see the fruit of this. I'm going to labor for this person. I have love for them. And I'm going to let you work and then leave me out of it if that's your will. That's the best thing for them. And then we just we just rest in in God's will. Yeah. After that, we have to.
2: Did mom ever show up? Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, hmm. I just want I want to see her now. I'm inspired. Uh, <laughs> one of
1: my favorite passages in re, in relation to that is um, uh, James, letter to James. He says, uh, "He who saves uh, a man from sin covers a." a multitude of his own sins, Um, and that will not be forgotten before God. And so, like, if you're actually wanting to save a soul which is imperishable, well, it's not imperishable, it's immortal, um, it will spend the rest of eternity somewhere, um, and it's pretty precious to God, um, you're not going to get it just because you led a Tuesday night Bible study once, um, but that will certainly aid in that. Um, and they'll look back on that later. Um, there was a guy at University of Illinois, um, and he would come into my room, uh, fresh from Cams, which you know is kind of one of those bars with sticky floors. Um, <laughs> Not nah, what's what's the name of the sticky floor bar here? <laughs> what is it? The rec room.
2: Everybody <laughs> had the same answer. Barf. There's a lot of bars here too.
1: Is it the rec room, like a show of hands? Yeah. So he would, go, he would go to cams, similar to the rec room, and he would come back to my room. I would go, I'd go to bed, like, you know, not super early. It's not like I was totally pious back then. Um, but um, anyways, he would come in, and he would crack the door. He'd go, Nate, Nate. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, make sure I'm up for confession. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And he goes, and mass but not too early (laughs) (laughs) so we had a we had a 9 p.m mass so you'd go out and hit it hard till like three four in the morning um and then uh and then i would go and knock on his door at like 6 p.m make sure he got some dinner and um and uh and then you know i wouldn't like escort him to the confession line but i mean it's just something simple and uh when I look at him and the, the, the turnaround that he made, and he's a wonderful husband and father and in many ways more virtuous than I'll ever be, um, I realize God covered a multitude of sins for me, um, but I have more than a multitude of sins, so I need more than one soul. Um, it, I mean, spiritual multiplication's good, um, but if you're a sinner, you need to get, like, spiritual calculus rolling, you know? <laughs> uh, so...
4: What's your name? Uh, I'm Derek Roenhouse. What is it? Derek Roenhouse. Derek. Um, so my question is: um, So I'm I'm a geology major here at CSU, and rocking. Um, Rockin'. so <laughs> um, I dig it. <laughs> those, those are actually some of the best. I've heard those. (laughs) Good, after four years, those are some of the best. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of layers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Come on! Come on! Geology humor, who knew? Like, CSU loves the geology humor.
4: Um, Sorry. So anyway, um, so as as part of the program, um, Uh, liquor's finally hitting, it's it's good. (laughs) Sorry, as, as part of the, the geosciences program here at CSU, um, you have a, a summer program that you're a part of called Field Camp, where you're immersed completely in like like each week is a different uh, focus on ge- geology and mm-hmm. you're uh, taking field notes, creating maps, all this crazy stuff. It's this really cool and you, beautiful experience you get to work in really beautiful places in Colorado. Um, but uh, one day we had um, it was like the last day of that week, and we always get an extra day. Um, so we were kind of uh, relaxing, hanging out, um, and I was uh, I walked away for a little bit and called my parents, just let them know I'm alive, and things are going well. Um, and then I come across uh, one of the girls in our group, and she's sitting on um, just a corner in the middle of, of Silverton and she is just weeping um, and I don't know what's going on um, and I I, even, I think I told my dad I'm like hey like I gotta call you back um, so I go up to her and I just ask what's going on um, and she just kind of pours out um, a bunch of stuff that's going on um, in her life right then and it, it sounds silly but like the last straw in it was her she broke her phone that day it smash, and this and that. Um, and she was just kind of pouring out herself to me, but I was so shocked by this sudden onpouring of um, all these heavy things she, she really was carrying in her heart that I didn't know what to say. And I just kind of sat there and listened, um, and I didn't really have a response. Um, and I've kind of been thinking about that ever since, about how I did not respond. So my question to you guys is, is it enough sometimes to just sit and listen, or do we need to respond sometimes um, in those situations? Ladies.
1: <laughs> Literally, yeah, like, 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 their opinion of you just went, like, way high. Like, you're good, dude. You are so good right now.
2: Yeah, does this guy work with horses? What's that?
1: Does
5: this guy work with horses?
1: Yeah, he doesn't need to, man. Like they thought that was way sexier than the horse guy. No, no, I think uh, Derek. I think that's a great question. Um, The um, there's a great movie called Inside Out. Okay, it is helpful for dudes. Okay, to learn the emotional life of women is way more complicated than geology. Okay, but. Guys, guys, normal thing is let me fix this problem. There's an issue, let me deal with it. Like, what do you need? Do you need me to get your screen fixed? That's your issue. Do you need me to, like, you know, like figure out some sort of whatever? And then I can get, you know, that kind of solved for you. Your presence, like, actually allowed her to be able to share her pain. She can't share her pain with the rocks with the trees, with um, even like Snapchat. Like there was something in her that longed for something human and she didn't need anything more. And many times it's not just she, it's like we don't need anything more than somebody else to say, I'm here. Like, I hear you. And that sounds really hard. Um, and uh, But that, that's a vulnerable position to be in because it's a lot easier to be like, actually what you need to do is this. Um, but that wouldn't help. So what you did was, was empathic. So well done. I guarantee you some girl's going to call you. <laughs> that was great. I
2: mean,. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek. Well no, done. I mean, I think, you, I, I think you can look for an, an opportunity to say something. Speak some word of hope as a Christian in certain situations, but I think you dealt with it well, brother. Um, She wanted somebody to talk to, and uh, you know, we as Christians are are human. You know, I I think there's a certain human maturity that comes from Christ. That is the that's the first thing. That's the first gift. We're not here to give you some sort of message to send you off into the sky. We're here to, to to. to be there for each other right. and to love, and you did that in that moment. You know, look for an opportunity. You know, if something arises where you think there's an there's an opportunity to evangelize, or she needs to hear something that's um, I don't know, like a hope from Christ, or um, to to look for something more. I, mean, I don't know, a piece of wisdom. Uh, you'll have opportunities to kind of share that And you'll, you'll see that in the moment You know, that's just the discernment yeah. But the first thing that we got to give Is just an ear, you know Love people, right. see that, notice that Notice that person, you, you saw her And you, you went and sat with her So thank you, yeah. that's great
0: I was going to answer that by just being silent But I like his answer better yeah. I thought mine was clever but yeah. Yeah.
2: The last thing at
1: least what I learned from the movie Is if you just like shake your hair and go I would die for you <laughs> They really like that too. So. All right, I think I think we we're out of time. We're out of, are, are you in? Okay, he's out. sweet belt buckle. Um, the, uh, um, usually we end with shout outs. Do you want to give out these glasses? Are you just going to throw them? I don't know how. I mean, can I award one? Yeah, please? Like the dude, the dude uh, 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 hang on, I, he told me his name. the the sign guy. Is it Jack. Jack? I was calling Jamie. That's Jamie. I want to give one to Jack. Can we give one to Jack? Absolutely. He was he he like embraced
0: his poverty. Come on Jack. So uh, he's up, already live.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Catholic stuff you should know. Whiskey glass.
3: Are you twenty one?
1: Yeah. Exactly. All right. Good. Yeah. Or now you're drinking milk
0: out of it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Enjoy. That's right. You're welcome. welcome Mikey Rap. You got someone to give it to. What,
2: you're giving it to me. I, I, I wanted one. I gave yeah. away like a bunch
0: of these in LA, so yeah. You can um, take it yourself.
2: I'm try- I'm trying to think. I wanted to make like a contest, like a quiz show thing. Can but I don't. Is it come too up like a strange question? Is it narcissistic to ask? Uh, does anybody know the name of the first show that we did?
0: Oh, wow. wow! Who got that?
2: We gave out we gave out a glass to one dude, so. Somebody lady, over here lady. Yeah, come on Hey, yo uh, Jessica
1: Is that work? Jessica <laughs> Slow clap until Jessica gets up Jessica <laughs>
3: Jessica
0: <laughs> I hope you like whiskey <laughs> All right All right, uh, shout-outs, guys Any other real shout-outs? Want
1: to give a shout-out to Father Rocco Porter? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the yeah,
1: He's sleeping. He's and to sleep. Father Joe Grady, who is uh, loving it you know.
0: here at the Ram Catholic. Old friend. I was going to shout out my mom, but she's a no show, so forget that. <laughs> <laughs> She'll listen. I'm here for you. Yeah, thank you.
2: <laughs> I always forget. I, ne- I never know who to shout out. Um, who-, who gave us gumbo tonight? Jamie! I did! Jamie, you don't care. And she taught me to to eat the the potato salad with the gumbo. You dip the potato salad in the gumbo
0: and then eat it. It was amazing. Top
2: two
1: potato salads I've ever eaten. (laughs) And the only reason why I'm giving it like top 2 is because my grandma's dead and she made an amazing potato salad but she's not around anymore for me to be like hey would you make that potato salad so i can actually make you number 1 but you are top 2 <laughs> sorry
0: olga <laughs> all right catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com like us on facebook instagram twitter not snapchat because Anything it's horrible you got. right <laughs> All right, we'll thanks see all see you next week Later.
1: <laughs>